Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. I am back here in our 10 Missions Media Studio with a quality microphone, back from iFlex, which took place last week as I'm recording this. Uh, It was a very good time. Thank you to all who uh, I spoke with at the event and all who attended uh, in and around that event in Las Vegas, Nevada. But we are back, and I'm here with another episode of the Nolan Podcast for you. Um, You know, back in June, we got a press release from Chevron that they were launching an Express Lube program to complement their existing Haviland Express Lube program. And I saw that one of the first locations to rebrand and go up under the Chevron uh, program name was in Meridian, Idaho. And I knew exactly which facility it was likely talking about, and that was the one owned by Steve Eddy who's today's guest on the Nolan Podcast. Steve is a great operator. He's lent a lot of his expertise in Nolan through the years. And he's also a previous winner of our Best Looking Lou Award uh, for the facility that we'll be talking about over in Meridian. It's a five and a half acre, roughly, facility that includes the fuel and sea store component, has a sandwich shop in it, they have a car wash, and of course they also have the quick lube it's a very nice facility and you will see photos and more descriptions of it in an upcoming shop look in the magazine but for now in this interview steve talks about the rebranding process and kind of what that involved as he switched over from a haviland express lube to a chevron express lube and we also get into some of the labor and supply issues just speaking generally that uh, all operators have been dealing with, uh, especially here in 2021. Steve had a lot of great points, great leadership chats, and we are very happy to have him on. So please enjoy this interview with Steve. Uh, I want to welcome Steve Eddy, uh, former Best Looking Lube owner uh, and proprietor of Fast Eddies in Meridian, Idaho. Uh, welcome to this podcast episode, Steve. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked, especially since that best looking lube feature. But we did get news uh, earlier in June about the rebrand uh, into a Chevron Quick Lube, or is it Chevron Express Lube? Is that correct? Yeah, Chevron Express Lube. Yes. And so, uh, congratulations on that. Are are you pretty much finished with that process, or are you still kind of have some tasks to finish that way? No, we're 100% complete. We were done uh, it, by June 1st. We were 100% done. Oh, cool. Excellent. So uh, congrats on that. But um, I also wanted to start and just talk about your facility. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of the building? What all goes on there as far as the different uh, you know, uh, business centers in there? And then a little bit more about the fast loop component uh, specifically. Okay. Yeah, this site's a, uh, a little over a five-acre site with not only the lube, a double tunnel car wash. Uh, we can actually wash 14 cars at one time with both tunnels running. Uh, and then it has a 12,000 square foot convenience store with uh, 24 fueling positions of Chevron gasoline, which again, will explain why I went with Chevron on the lube. Sure. Uh, and then an Earl of Sandwich, uh, sandwich shop that's most people would know at the Disney properties and some of the casinos in Las Vegas. So it's a pretty active site with about 70 employees we employ at this site with all the different profit centers. And uh, it's a busy site. <laughs> and how about the quick loop side? Uh, how big is that? Uh, how many cars do you see uh, regularly, if you don't mind sharing that? And then how's that component been going for you? 
Yeah, we keep our car count kind of confidential, but you know, this this loop facility is a six bay loop facility. So we can do six cars at once. Every bay has a lift to, to rotate tires or sell tires for consumers. Uh, we have branched into doing brakes for consumers too. Oh, cool. And I think we're gonna bounce a little bit here, but I think, you know, all the loops need to be looking with our current. I want to say world, but our, our current United States of America we live in on different profit centers to help with what is going on with electric vehicle. And they'll still need brakes. They'll still need washed. And they'll still see, need some things done that we can do. So I think we're looking more now to start offering some of those extra services that we can do. So when they switch, if they switch, we will still be the go-to spot to take care of your automobile. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely circle back to that. Um, I want to ask you a little bit more about the building itself. Uh, it's a, it was a new build for you for you all, and I was curious if there are some uh, special or, or unique qualities that you wanted done in the building or things that really help make the experience better for both your staff and your customers that you're, you're proud of on the, on the loop side of that facility. Yeah, so this building I built in 2019, uh, right about when everything went to heck. Um, and I think the things we did different is just continuing trying to upscale the building to where the consumer with what they're spending for an automobile today comes in and sees somewhere where anybody would want to take their car. And I've tried to just bring in some design elements that are easy for the staff to take care of, easy to keep clean, but hide some of the dirt that happens in an oil facility, mm -hmm. facility. Uh, and I just think that's more key than ever right now is a clean facility and a crew that's, you know, bar none, very professional looking with what consumers are paying for vehicles today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I really liked about uh, the building and looking at some of the photos we had uh, back when it was the Haviland Express Loop, um, just really big open bays, you know, large doors to get in there. And then once you're inside, it's, it's just like a large area. Um, I guess odd question to ask, but what were some of your considerations just as far as the size of that section of the building? It's, it's certainly larger than a lot of quick leaves you see, but, um, it just makes for such a, I guess, kind of a premium feel like you're in this large facility. It's spacious, it's airy, um, very nice, I, I think. Yeah, I think, I think I was looking more for that, I guess you'd call it more of an auto spa feeling mm -hmm. where the customer really, again, saw the facility as, wow, this is where I want to take my car. And then with that, we really upscaled the waiting room here with, uh, we have six televisions inside the waiting room, very nice furniture, very nice air fresheners to have it as more a home feel and smell versus the typical loop shop that is out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the bays, you know, we went with 14 foot doors and all the bays were 12 foot wide. So if we get a motor home, we get even these new pickups that have the mirrors that stick way out. We don't have to worry about, you know, hitting mirrors, causing damage, having issues. And again, I think it just gives it that open feeling that is, is very inviting to the consumer. Yeah. And uh, we talk a lot about how shops kind of, uh, in the best case can tailor their operation and certainly for their facilities to their clientele. And uh, I know from experience, a lot of, a lot of truck drivers pick up in Idaho and 
um, I, I would guess that they enjoy, you know, being able to pull their large uh, diesel truck or, or big, you know, gasoline pickup into the shop pretty easily. Yeah, no, we, we tried really hard. It was just my experience. You know, most of my experience, I started in the automotive service space in high school uh, before convenience stores were really a thing other than a Circle K or a 7-Eleven. And you just learn over the years of making the, the ingress easy to get into. Most mm -hmm. consumers will put up with a little bit going out, but getting in easy is the key. And then just to continue to have that inviting experience that, that shows you care. Uh, any other, uh, I guess, qualities of the building that you, you want to highlight uh, on the quick loop side? I really think today the consumer has a lot of choices and you mm -hmm. need to find it. You need to find a wow factor. And I think you can, you can create a wow factor with your building, your interior. And again, then you have to back it up with your crew and your staff. And if you do those things, I think that consumer becomes very loyal to your location and as we're living in now with inflation running at a rapid pace, if you have to raise prices, that consumer becomes less price sensitive because they trust you with their car. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and certainly having multiple profit centers in one location, uh, a sandwich shop to grab some food if you'd like, uh, certainly the C-store and all of that uh, doesn't uh, hurt that as well. You have customers coming in for all sorts of different things. No, it, it, it totally goes together. And it, when we talk later about why I, I changed it from Havilland to Sheward, I think that'll make more sense. But uh, okay. everything on one side, just it, we're all starving for time. And the more we can do at one location or one stop, you, you just continue to satisfy those customers' needs in a better way. Yeah, totally. Uh, that was a, a thank you for that segue because I was going to get into that rebrand. Um, I think we received the news from Chevron right about June when uh, I think you said you finished up and, and got everything uh, ready to go. Um, tell me about that process, just kind of how it came about and, and some of the bigger challenges that you needed to accomplish in order to make it successful. Well, I think, again, Havilland is a really good brand and, you know, it's part of Chevron and, you know, we're still using the Chevron Havilland oils, but the Havilland name just isn't known as well, especially in the West United, sure. United States. Uh, it could probably be a little more well-known in the East, but it's not known in the West as much. And I think we have a brand up there that we're kind of confusing the consumer with when we're still part of Chevron. And in my case, being on a Chevron retail site selling gasoline, mm -hmm. it just made so much more sense to have the Chevron quick lube, express lube, I should say, versus the Havilland to just tie, the, tie it together. And, you know, ever since we did the rebrand, you know, there's, there's multiple factors and you can never point that, oh, it was all because of this, but we're running about five times what the industry is running in the Western U.S. on growth mm -hmm. per, per car account and total business. And, and I think a good portion of that, if not the biggest portion of that is, is putting that Chevron brand out there where the consumer in the West knows and trusts that brand for premium quality. That was the biggest reason I did it is just to get tie the, tie the brands together and my true feeling with, you know, my whole background being with Chevron is that consumer knows that brand and trusts that brand. Yeah, well, it's great to hear that you had some response to that and, and certainly some growth attributed to that and that the customers are responding because uh, 
sometimes it's tough to know when you make a big move like that and kind of what the reaction is going to be. So glad to hear that. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt. You never know for sure. And I think everything is kind of like we talked a bit ago is you still have to back it up with your crew and doing, doing a good job. And, yeah. Kind of along those lines, uh, you know, our rebrand is so much more than just, you know, changing out the signage. Um, so I was curious if you could highlight, you know, some of the uh, maybe hidden uh, tasks that need to be accomplished uh, during this whole process. Yeah, I think, you know, if people are out there looking to rebrand, I think, you know, they need to go around and see and look up some history of Chevron, what Chevron's about. And, you know, yeah, you change the signs, we change the guys' uniforms. But the biggest thing is carrying on that Chevron heritage of what Chevron and that brand's been about forever. And, um, and taking care of that customer in the way that, that they expect to be treated and they expect from the Chevron brand. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you know, re- rebranding, other than getting permits for signs, painting a facility, it, it, it's really not that hard. Yeah. You, you kind of answered it before that the customers were very responsive to the rebrand and, and uh, the new name and things like that. Um, did you have any mandates or training, you know, from the managers on down to your team members, just as far as how to deal with customers when they come in? Oh, this facility I've known or have come to for a while is a bit different, has new signage. Um, people might wonder, is it under new ownership or things like that? How did you deal with those, uh, I guess, returning customers who were coming to a, a slightly different uh, express loop? I think I'm, I know I'm abnormal in things we do, but I think we're a little more abnormal because being involved with the Chevron brand, like this Valley, the Boise Valley, for as many years as I've been involved, I almost believe they felt we were Chevron anyway, which mm-hmm. is part of Chevron. But I think people that when you're living in a market that's, growing at crazy pace of people from the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington, coming into Idaho, they, I really believe, gave us a chance because of the Chevron brand to see how we did and see what we did and stopped in. Our regulars, and I think this would be for any brand, as long as you don't lose your staff and you keep the same employees, they're still going to trust you, whether you're XYZ brand or whatever brand. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think the new people that are, you know, that, that live around loop facilities or move in around loop facilities, I, especially in the West, I think they just will trust the Chevron brand to come in and have what they expect of it. So there, there's, there's major merit that way, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, I do know some competitors rebranded at the same time in this market, and I won't mention names, as we had a, a large independent that did a really good job. And he got bought out by a, a chain. Hmm. And it's one of the bigger chains in America. And they did a full staff change at the same time as the conversion. And we continuously hear a really negative on that acquisition they made. I think mostly just due to they did a full staff change and, and brought all new people in. So those consumers, it was just all new faces. Sure. And that... I think that was a really negative for them in this market that will be very hard to come back and overcome. Yeah. And you mentioned, I think an important point is that you have uh, Chevron, you know, on the, on the C store, certainly the gas um, fuel pump side of the business and 
that that already had really strong recognition. So it sounds like it was kind of a, a no brainer move almost for you guys to, to make that move. No, I think so. I, I mean, I, I, I never want to say anything bad about the Haviland brand. It, 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 it's still part of it. Our, our oils are still Chevron Haviland. Sure. And I, I think it's, it's tied together. I think it just, like I said, many times the Chevron brand in the West, especially just has so much more recognition to America than the Haviland brand. Yeah. Uh, so to put a cap on that conversation, I just wanted to kind of hear from you now that uh, you have finished uh, what is a pretty big project for your business and uh, things are rebranded and customers have been coming in. Um, how are you feeling about that whole process? And now that you have a bit of hindsight, are you happy with it all? Oh, no, it's been great. I mean, the Chevron folks are just starting to roll this out. You know, I think there's only a handful branded today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a big success for the brand, especially in the West, converting from the Haviland to Chevron. And I think uh, I, I don't see any negatives at all. Yeah, it's exciting to see a new, uh, certainly not a new brand, but a new, I guess, uh, Express Lube program starting up. And, and I know the industry certainly took notice uh, when that was announced. Um, before I let you go, I did want to ask you, I mean, we've had well, I just got, we're recording this. I just got back from iFlex and we heard some of the top industry issues, of course, our labor and uh, supplies. Uh, and of course, that's on top of uh, the wild COVID-19 pandemic uh, over the last couple of years. But uh, I was just curious to hear from you how the last uh, year, year and a half has been for you. Um, what have the challenges been and, and how you've kind of overcome some of those? Yeah, it's been it's been a weird, challenging time, and some of it is understandable, and some of it is really hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had, I mean, Chevron's had issues with different formulas of oil and the components that go in the oil, the additives, and we've had some real issues getting oil some some weights of oil, mm. uh, oil filters, air filters, cabin filters. Never thought I'd have an issue with those. And we've had a major struggle continuing to keep supply, consistent supply in on those items also. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting to have to go to Amazon to get some air filters and Amazon <laughs> fulfilled the need for yeah. certain vehicles. And it's who would have ever thought. Uh, so those things have just taken a lot more time to continue to have the products for the customer when they come in and make it painless for them. And, you know, they don't need to know that. They just need to know their, their car's taken care of and you're doing the right thing. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I try to always make sure we have the best of the filters and everything. Uh, and I think we still are, but it's, it's just the consistency that just you take for granted that adds another layer of management or another layer of worry that you're not going to have an air filter or an oil filter for a customer's car or a weight of oil that you you have to have to meet a manufacturer's warranty for a customer's car. Uh, that this last year, and that just happened this in this last year in 21, which mm-hmm. you would think we're coming out of this pandemic. And you know, I think part of it is too, everybody, these big companies have computers forecast and make these plans. And we came out really strong. And the demand is just so high for some of these things that, you know, they kind of got caught. But it's it, it's getting better right now. It's not fixed, but it's getting better right now. So I'm hoping, <laughs> you know, by the end of 21, that that piece of extra work is, you know, 
out of the way because, you know, our guys and myself, we're spending a lot of time just sourcing product to make sure we have it. And it'd be better to spend that time on the customer or the facility and those things. So that's been a challenge. And then as far as labor, labor has just skyrocketed. And I think I've tried to stay ahead of the curve. Um, I've had friends and I've seen some in our store where if somebody leaves and gets a job offer for Amazon for a dollar an hour more, two dollars an hour more, or the guy down the street, it just spreads like wildfire, wildfire inside your organization. And then they're all looking. So we've tried to stay ahead and move wages up along the way by just me doing homework on what I see and hear out there. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have the crew out looking for that next opportunity. But with that, wages have went up significantly. Yeah, and uh, certainly a challenge on the labor side. I, I hear it all the time, and um, especially when you're you're going through a change in your business. You mentioned how you know having that consistency in staffing is certainly key for a change like that. And it doesn't have to be rebranding; it could be any kind of change in your your quick loop shop. But um, you know, it's expensive, certainly. But uh, hopefully, operators out there are doing what they can within their means to uh, try and keep their people around. Well, I mean, my take on it is you got to do it. If you don't keep some consistency with that customer and the face mm-hmm. of change consistently, you're going to lose business. I don't care what brand you are. Uh, and I think you just have to, as hard as it is, do your part as an owner operator and be ahead of that game so you don't lose your staff. And, you know, there's pricing that has to go along with this and you're going to have to raise your prices. I mean, to help compensate for the incremental payroll. And yeah, I think, and one thing rolls into the other. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I just, I just think the consumer right now is expecting some price raise. Uh, I don't think we can get greedy and go too far, but we can recover, I believe, the labor rates we have to pay from the consumer, which is inflation. But you really don't have a choice. I mean, your choice is to not do anything and end up with some pretty subpar employees and then you're going to lose your business. Yeah. And I was going to comment that just one thing rolls into the other where you, uh, you may have to pay a little more to keep your staff around, but you have your staff around. They're taking care of your customers who, uh, again, are not going to be as price sensitive uh, as maybe a brand new customer might be, as you uh, mentioned. So uh, kind of hopefully if all, everything is working uh, correctly, you know, one problem at least doesn't solve, but at least aids in, in one of the others. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a thing to do. It's working for us. Uh, it's scary, but it's, it's, it's just what you have to do. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that you've been having success uh, after the rebrand, certainly before it. Um, I invite uh, listeners of this podcast to stay tuned. We'll be showing off some of the photos of uh, Steve's new uh, Chevron Express Lube rebranded facility. And it is an impressive one, so we're looking forward to that. But for this episode here, uh, certainly thank you for your time and, and your insight. You're welcome. Thank you.